I wanted to empower that word resgal and I wanted it to be identified as being beautiful, being strong, you know, being proud of yourself and being proud of your roots. I live on the reserve. I'm raising my children on the reserve and I have my own business on the reserve. I wanted resgals in the communities to feel good about themselves. Welcome to Here's How It's Done. Brought to you by the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba, the go-to place for women looking to start or expand their business. I'm your host, Kate Friesen. This show is for you if you have ever dreamt of owning it and giving back to your community too. It's for you if you have already taken a great idea and launched a business. You are in the right place. Here's How It's Done brings you first-hand stories from enterprising women in Manitoba. I'm a business owner too, and I am passionate about story, so I feel like I'm in exactly the right place here with you. I have two guests on today's episode, shining a light on Indigenous women in business. Sandra Delarond is the owner of Northern Sage, a consulting firm that's based on the principles of the medicine wheel. Oftentimes, I think when Indigenous women do go into business, it's really not about how much money they can make, but how they can support their community. How can we move together in a good way? I think that that's the primary difference between how Indigenous women view business that is really outside the model and the scope of the mainstream. Which brings me to my first guest, Brandy Woodhouse from Panamatang First Nation. She proudly runs her brand new business, Resgal Inc., in her community, which is about two and a half hours north of Winnipeg. She launched this business, her very first business, right in the middle of the pandemic. Really, it started because of the pandemic, when Brandy found herself racking up too many miles driving to Winnipeg because the local salons where she got her eyelashes done were closed. So when Brandy started Resgal... In August of 2020, she thought her customers would be mainly from her own community. But by September, Resgal was becoming a hit on TikTok and the sales were coming in from all over North America. Just six months in, Resgal is growing fast and not just because of the company's signature eyelashes. Brandy also holds down a full-time job and is a mom of three boys under the age of 10. So I felt pretty lucky to catch her for this interview. And the question I am always curious about, especially when I talk to first-time business owners, is when you were a kid, what did you dream about doing when you grew up? Did you think you'd land up in business? When I was a kid, I never really thought of where I'd see myself down the road. Because when I was growing up, I had like really low self-esteem. When I would go to Winnipeg, the friends out there would be like, oh, you're from the res and they're trying to like tease you and like try and belittle you because you're from the res and you grew up on and I grew up on a farm. So I kind of felt like, you know, shy about myself and I kind of felt like not fancy. I just felt like I was just, you know, a res girl. <laughs> and What was the turning point for you when when you started to get that self-esteem? Right now you exude it in every way in your confidence, in your presence with me. I graduated high school and um, I went to the University of Winnipeg and I was going to be a police officer. I was so determined to be a police officer. I took a course called Indigenous Policing Preparation Program with the U of W. And 
Uh, I made a bunch of friends. I still kind of felt like, you know, an outsider because you're from the res and you go like right into university. And um, I remember I didn't even have a cell phone and everybody had a cell phone. And then I just, you know, I was just stuck true to myself, like true to my roots, true to, you know, God and um, my boys. Like I thought, I want my boys to have a mom that's, you know, successful i want my boys to be successful as well and the only way that they can be successful is if they see me being successful flash forward to august 2020 and the moment brandy figured out she wanted her own business when the pandemic came the salons were closed so i drive like two and a half hours to winnipeg and i would go and buy eyelashes and i would like stock up on eyelashes and um because i had zoom meetings and i wanted to look good and I was like just driving by myself on my way home and I was thinking, why can't I have my own eyelash business? And then it just stuck to me. And then I went home and I researched it, like where eyelashes come from, how you make them. And so I was just researching it for like two days. And then I went to my husband. It was like late at night. And I was like, hey, I want to buy eyelashes and have an eyelash business. And he was like looking at me like I was crazy. (laughs) And I was like, I'll just sell to like the girls around here, the neighboring communities and then my community. He was like, just sleep on it. We'll think we'll talk about it tomorrow. And then so I slept on it. And the next day I was just like, yes, man, I'm going to I'm going to own eyelashes. I'm going to sell eyelashes. And I reached out to some companies that sell eyelashes. It's one woman that has a successful business. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, you know, I'm told her a little bit about myself and told her that I want to sell eyelashes in my First Nation and the neighboring First Nations. And uh, she got back to me a couple days later and she says, um, go for it, follow your dreams. Like you can do anything. And and she says, if you need anything, uh, you can ask me questions. And so I was so I was so happy about that. So I was like ready to blow my savings. And then my husband was like, no, don't do it. You're going to be stuck with all this product and you're not going to sell it. And what are you going to do with it? And I said, well, if the worst case scenario is I won't have to buy eyelashes for five years, <laughs> so I'll just wear them. <laughs> the eyelashes came and then I had a launch party at my house and, and I sold like on Facebook. And then they sold out in like less than a week. <laughs> so Wow. How long did you think it was going to take to sell those eyelashes? I was eyelashes? thinking like two months or three months and it sold out in a week. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It sounds like a really quick turnaround. You have the idea. Yeah. You research for a couple of days. You reached out. You get a call back. You order your first eyelashes. You used your savings to do it. Like this is a really quick time frame. Was there anybody besides your husband who said, whoa, what are you doing? Uh, no, I actually just kept it to myself. I didn't really, I was kind of scared. Like I kind of thought, People are going to laugh at me. I'm from the res. What are they going to think? Like, you know, so I kind of just kept it quiet. And then when the time came, when I had the product, I was like, hey, I launched, I'm launching this line of uh, lashes and they're going to be called res gal. And I was so scared about that name too, because um, I thought people would laugh at me or laugh about it. Like the, the term res gal. Who did you think would, uh, would laugh at you? I felt like um, people around here and maybe people outside of the community would laugh at the name because it's like res gal. And growing up, being from the res was 
something not to be proud of. I think like most of my ideas come late at night when I'm like by myself in my thoughts. I wanted to be successful and I wanted the business to go far and I wanted a name to like a meaningful name. I looked at the girls, you know, in my community and the girls, the young girls that I know and I wanted them to be able to see themselves in the product, like in the name. So that's how I came up with the word Resgal. One of the fastest launches ever. And Brandy had a great handle right away on how to connect with her customers. Nowadays, everything is social media. And um, my customers, they love posting the product on their social media. Uh, With my Instagram, I repost a lot of selfies and and we've been hashtagging resgal i search the hashtags and i see my product and i reach out to the customer and i say hey you know uh can i reshare this on my on the resgal page and of course they're more than happy to um to say yeah so that i can share their pictures on my social media when you bought your first product that you were going to sell You thought, oh, I'll just be selling to the women in my community and the local reserves around us. So what happened instead? I was doing online orders on uh, Facebook and some girl had uh, messaged me. She says, hey, I would really be interested in buying your eyelashes. And I said, oh, yes, for sure. And she said, I want to support another First Nation woman. So I uh, sold her the eyelashes and I sent them out to her. And I didn't think anything of it. And then about... Two or three weeks later, I was walking in the hallway at the school here and somebody says, hey, I saw your eyelashes on TikTok. And and then I said, oh, cool. And then uh, another person says, hey, your, your um, lashes are on TikTok. And I didn't have TikTok at the time. So I had to, you know, download the app and I looked it up. And the girl that I sold them to, she had 200,000 views and she was from the United States. So when she posted them onto her social media platform like I just had so many orders and then I said hey you know I have to get serious about this and I have to get a website because I can't just be spending all my time you know responding to personal messages on my Facebook account. Two months into this business venture poised to get that e-commerce site going and then I got COVID so my family and I were hit with COVID and I was just like stressed and then I didn't want the product to be put on hold because a lot of my orders were coming from uh like out of province and I didn't even have the energy to respond to messages or respond to the orders so I talked to my cousin in Winnipeg my first cousin her name is Carrie and I said hey you know can you help me out and and take over my business for me while I recover from COVID. And she says, yes, for sure. I packaged everything, sanitized everything, gave her everything. Like, you know, I'm like, here, take it. I trust you. And the 10 days flew by fast. We had some rough times, but we got through it. After we, I recovered from COVID, uh, I, I asked her if she would want to, you know, stay on as a helper. So she helps me with uh, mailing, shipping. Um, my post office is about 20 minutes away. So if I was to go to the post office here, I would have to drive 20 minutes and then wait in line and then 
hand mail everything and that's what i was doing since august but since uh, october when she was in winnipeg she just you know pops everything in the outside her door like just down the street from her and so she's happy and i'm happy and i have a helper and that's that's how it's going in november brandy got the e-commerce site up had a great website and others might say hey i'm just gonna sit back a bit and catch my breath now not brandy at night I have these dreams and like my brain is most active and I'm like oh I should do this oh I should do that oh yes and I feel like I have that personality where I just jump in right away and and uh, hope that it comes out you know successful we came out with a line of highlighters so that's the first thing that came out just like the lashes I wanted first nation girls to see themselves in that product so I named it fry bread grease well, we make bannock and we make fried bannock and fried bread. Um, but the grease, right? The grease is shiny. So that's what I, I named it. You know, everybody got a kick out of it and uh, we launched those. So those have been selling. And then all of a sudden, I got this grand idea before Valentine's Day. I said, hey, we should sell robes because I wanted, you know, First Nation girls you know, just feel good and and self-care is really important, especially when COVID and you're depressed after Christmas. So I marketed with the robe and the free eyelash. You get a free Resgal eyelash and you get a robe. So far, we've been selling like crazy. I love them. They're fun and they're pretty. I looked at them online. They're, they're amazing. You dream up these products or you want to st- uh, start a line of makeup, for instance. Where are you sourcing your products? I have a, a lot of suppliers, like 10 suppliers from all over, like in Vancouver. And I have a supplier in California and I have a supplier outside of the country. It's, it's so funny because I had this one guy and he's like, why spell res R-E-Z? Why don't you spell it R-E-S? And I was like, no, you don't get it. Like it's, and then... <laughs> Okay, well, take me through like one example. So you you decide you want to do something really cool for Valentine's Day and and you want to do ropes. So how do you find the right supplier? And take me through those steps. I found this supplier in um, Vancouver. I got the first set. I didn't care for it. Like I just get a sample, right? I, I I test out the products first. And I thought it was like cheap and I'm like, no, you know, I don't want that. And so I found this other supplier in California and she was uh, she was really helpful. And um, she sent me five uh, samples and sample sizes and the sizes are true to size, too. We wore them. My cousin and I, of course, we get like the free we get to test out all the products. And and uh, she says, oh, I really like it. And and I like and I liked it, too. And um I said, we have to find a model because of COVID. Like you can't find a model and you can't bring anybody into your house. So my cousin says, well, why don't you be the model? So I took a picture of myself in the robe and with the selfie uh, stand. And then I posted it on the social media and I said, hey, this is what we're selling now. Resgal selling robes with eyelashes. People started ordering. So that's how it turned out. So my cousin says, oh, well, you didn't have to pay a model because you just saved yourself money by being the model myself. What are the challenges as an Indigenous woman in business? I feel that uh, I'm given um, a second look because I'm an Indigenous woman in business. It has its own challenges, but then it has its own perks. 
I'm from the res. Hey, I'm, I, I live on the reserve. I'm raising my children on the reserve and I have my own business on the reserve. And uh, like, I think the girls in the community as well, I'm doing it for the younger girls because I want them to break out of this. Um, I want them to break out and do whatever they want to do. You can do anything. Like I want to start up a, a summer camp for girls. It doesn't even have to be something big or extravagant. I wanted ResGal, a portion of ResGal, to go back into the community because that's what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for the, the, the girls in the community. And I talked to the health director out here. I talked to the health director and I said, hey, you know, I really, I have this dream of starting this ResGal summer camp. And would you be interested in helping me? And and she says, yes, of course, that's a great idea. I told her, you don't even have to fund me. Like I'll fund the, the, the summer camp. And then I uh, reached out to a couple uh, friends of mine that are successful. One does beadwork and one, she wrote her own book. Another girl that's going into nursing. So I reached out to them and I said, would you guys be interested in helping me do a ResGal summer camp? And we can, you know, talk to girls and teach them about, just be like a big sister club almost. And I said, and, and maybe this year we can do Fairford and maybe next year we can do like Lake St. Martin and then or Little Sask or all these other reserves and maybe move it like maybe Bresgal will be big that we can reach out to more reserves all over Canada and make these girls feel really proud of themselves. I feel like I'm going to cry talking about it. <laughs> that's that's like the dream is that I want. I just want girls from the res to feel good about themselves. In six months, Brandy Woodhouse took the seed of an idea and almost single-handedly grew it into a booming business. Her traffic on Shopify is in the top 5% of businesses that started the same week she did last summer. And her business is not only rooted in her community, but is supporting that community. I am so inspired by this story. And it really has just begun. Who knows where ResGal will be in six more months? Here's Brandy's word of advice for others who might be on the verge of taking the business leap right now. I would say just go for it. Like you don't have those feelings and an intuition for nothing. Like it's because it's meant to be and just do it. Like that's that's what I would say. Just do it. Like who cares? Maybe if you fail, that's fine. You know, get back up and, you know, rewrite the, the plan and try again. That's what I would say. You can find Resgel on Instagram and TikTok. Hashtag R-E-Z-G-A-L. That's Resgel. And you can check out all the products on offer at resgel.ca. You are listening to Here's How It's Done, brought to you by the Women's Enterprise Center of Manitoba. Find out more at WECM.com. Let me take you behind the scenes of this podcast just for a minute. These days, sadly, I can't be in the same room as my guests. Often I'm connecting on Zoom and they are recording their end of the conversation on the phone just so we get some good audio and I'm set up with a mic to record mine and all of us are juggling everything else that's going on in our space. I have to make sure my cat is in another room and that my son isn't going to knock on the office door while I'm recording. And when I connected with my next guest, she was also taking care of her granddaughter. 
and you'll hear the turning of pages and occasional humming as one little girl colors beside her grandma. Hey Shane, do you want to say hi? Hi. Hi, Grandma. My name is Sandra Delarond, and I am the owner of Northern Sage, which is a, a consulting firm that's based on the principles of uh, the medicine wheel, and I try to do my work that serves to empower and raise up Indigenous women. So what I'm passionate about in this time of COVID is to ensure that the 231 calls to justice of the National Inquiry are responded to both at a federal, provincial, and community level and find that those calls to justice that can be enacted by individuals and community are you know, taken forward. I think that we all have a responsibility to ensuring um, a safe society for all people. And I think that in terms of the work with and for Indigenous women, that looking for those safe places and safe spaces begins by ensuring that there is economic security for Indigenous women and their families. And that's why I love the work that I'm doing with the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. There are a couple of unique challenges, and one is that I think that society as a whole has kind of not seen Indigenous women in a place of strength. You know, the strength required to um, support family, to support community, and the different ways that, despite the colonial constructs, Indigenous women have allowed themselves to thrive and to be resilient. So I think focusing on the strengths uh, and on the resilience of women, their ability to, to build things from a dream, you know, and have them come into realization and really changing the landscape of, of the community, however you define that. Oftentimes, I think when Indigenous women do go into business, it's really not about how much money they can make, but how they can support their community. How can we move together in a good way? I think that that's the primary difference between how Indigenous women view business that is really outside the model and the scope of the mainstream. You know, which makes it difficult then to access business loans or grants because it's not purely sensed in a mainstream business modality, which I think a lot of the loans and grants programs are, are modeled after, right? They don't really take into account how Indigenous women do things differently. So on one hand, society has this thought that Indigenous people have all this free money everywhere. And then when we go into community, into our homes, we see that's not the case. And as Indigenous women, we know that's not the case, right? So setting that aside is looking at what do we consider to be our wealth, right? So 
our family is our wealth, our language is our wealth, our uh, ability to share uh, with one another is another way of saying, oh, you know, we're rich in all these things. But also, we can be open to receiving, you know, the, the, the gifts of the universe, whether that be financial abundance or whatever, and to seeing ourselves um, not just as, as users of a system, but uh, also makers of a system, to see ourselves as um, magicians, you know, like, because as women we are, you know, we, we are able to create and to bring into being life, right? And so how do we, how do we translate that ability and that strength and that magic into the work that we do? We have so much to give the world and it's okay to receive from the world too. You know, when we do our work, it's like, I just want to give this to you rather than understanding that there's value in it for another person, right? They see the value in your work, so it's okay to charge them for that work. <laughs> One piece of advice that I was given that really guides my life, and it's reflected in all that I do, is every word's a prayer and every day's a ceremony. So I look at all my work as, as that opportunity to live in grace. I want to be to bring my best self into the world, right? That, and to honor the all those that have gone before me, you know, that have had struggles, and despite those struggles, have you know were able to support me and and love me, and so I try to do that in my work, whether it's working with individual women you know, writing your business plan, looking at your ideas, and it's like, oh, you know, that's such a gift. Thank you, Sandra, for that grounding and life-giving advice. Sandra is also working with the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba right now to engage Indigenous women that are interested in business or currently have businesses to find ways to ensure the sustainability of their business ideas and their business plans. She also supports the Centre in their efforts at reconciliation and building bridges with and for Indigenous women within the entrepreneurial space. Stay tuned for a future episode where we will hear more from Sandra. In the meantime, you can check out her website, northernsage.com. And that's all for this edition of Here's How It's Done. You can subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, ah, almost any of the apps that bring podcasts to you. And if you like what you hear, please give us a review. We'd be thrilled. Here's How It's Done is brought to you by the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. Theme music by Peter McIsaac. Additional music written and recorded by Charlotte Friesen. This episode was mastered by Madeline Roger and produced by me. Until next time, I'm Kate Friesen. Thanks for listening.